David Eicholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, Swarmcast coming at you live. Just post-practice, first open spring practice. Uh, not really a typical spring game, but plenty of drills, plenty of seven-on-seven seven work. And, I mean, from what I kind of expected, Sean, a lot more 11-on-11. 11 11. Uh, I know there are fans there, but I didn't think they would do as much live kind of action uh, as they did. But, no, I think on top of everything, it was really good to see just fans back in Kinnick stadium and is a, I, I could, you probably couldn't have asked for a better day than what it was today. I mean, sunny, not hot, uh, probably in the low sixties, no wind really. I mean, it was just kind of an all around perfect day, uh, for an event like this. Yeah. It was kind of a cool metaphor, um, to have a perfect day. And, you know, Kirk has talked about it too, you know, getting back to normal with everything, you know, not, not as many, uh, not as many masks around. I assume a lot of people are vaccinated, so that was pretty cool to see also. Um, and yeah, things just seem to be going back to normal. And spring football, a lot of – it was good to have fans back in the crowd, good to have, you know, media there. Um, yeah, just everything seemed to be – it was a pretty perfect morning. So, so I think we, that's 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 a good way to describe it. Yeah, before we dive into this, Sean, I mean, I, I got to ask you, because I don't even think I asked you, it was really interesting to me to see Kirk Ferentz up in the press box – what, like 15 minutes before practice started and he just started chatting it up with the media? Did, did you even know he came in? I kind of randomly looked over when I heard a familiar voice and I was like, oh my God, Kirk's here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time a Ferentz, that I remember a Ferentz up there was the first day, I, the first game I covered, which was my freshman year, which is when Brian Ferentz went off. Um and like going into halftime against the, was that Minnesota? the Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was like screaming or something. <laughs> I think that was the last time I, I saw a Ferentz up there. It was interesting to me too, because Kirk was talking about, Oh, I'm happy to see you guys in person. He was like, I'm so happy. These damn cardboard cutouts are gone and I'm seeing actual people again. <laughs> and then he joked about us, you know, kind of asking why none of us had Bush lights. And I don't know, that was just kind of the most Iowa thing you probably could have imagined was that conversation oh yeah no without a doubt it was it was good to see though that, that definitely was a uh, bright spot in the morning it's kind of a just kind of a, a yeah like you said kind of a bright spot and kind of a a fresh way to start things off because even though i know the media passes and everything were limited this past fall but i mean it was just so nice to see a lot of the same people in there and it was nice to it just almost got us got us out of the routine and kind of the initial feeling of being back in Kinnick. Well, it was exciting. We know COVID-19 is still a thing, but it was really cool seeing Kirk in person up in the press box and just sort of chatting it up with us. And again, normalcy, I think, is the biggest thing, Sean, like you kind of said at the start. But, you know, enough of the chit-chat. I mean, I, I, it's always so tough for me to have these podcasts. Like, I definitely enjoy overanalyzing this type of stuff, Sean, but at the same time, people can make way too big of a deal out of what we say, because keep in mind, this is one practice out of nine and there's going to be so, so much more uh, still to come. So I guess I'll start with you. I mean, just give, give me your, you know, top two or three takeaways from today's practice or things you kind of noticed. And we'll just sort of go back and forth on this because again, I think there are quite a few things that caught my eye from the quarterbacks to the receivers to, I mean, like the injuries, uh, which by the way, to clarify before we start this, Kirk did say that none of the guys that were injured, he's worried about not being available this fall. So it's just kind of minor things here and there. Yeah. I, 
There was there was definitely a lot of things that stood out. I thought the defense was really solid, especially on the defensive front. I thought Zach Van Valkenburg was big. John Wagner, where he absolutely blew up Tyler Goodson on that one on that one run. Um, where Luke Lachey missed the block. I thought that defensive front was really encouraging. We didn't even get to see Yaya Black, which I know a lot of the other media members were really uh, upset about because we've heard so many good things about him. So that that was probably number one. I thought. You know, running backs, they didn't have as much wiggle room to get to get to work. But I, I liked what I saw from Tyler Goodson at times. You know, that touchdown run, 33-yard touchdown run at the end of practice was pretty good. Gavin Williams as well. He seems to have a little more wiggle than I thought he did and more lateral ability than, you know, previously we had heard that he was getting better in that department. And, you know, he showed it on his one touchdown run. I thought LaShawn Williams didn't didn't get a bunch of, you know, great opportunities. I thought his blocking, the blocking for him was pretty uh, not great, but I thought he, he made some, uh, he's a tough runner. He is a tough runner. He knows how to run through guys. He knows how to, you know, get the extra yards. He's really, really encouraging. And, you know, the third, I mean, I think Keegan Johnson, it was yeah. kind of cool to see him in person. I know that was always encouraging, but, you know, outside of Luke Lachey's missed block that he had on, uh, on, Wagner. Wagner, I thought, yeah, I thought that the tight ends, I liked what I saw from Sam Laporta and Luke Lachey as well. I thought those two guys were really encouraging. And, you know, Luke, he's definitely a solid receiver. I mean, I know he dropped that one. Was it, was it Laporta or was it? Um, I thought it was on the touchdown. Yeah. I believe it was Laporta. I don't think that was Lachey. Yeah. Cause Riley Moss did a really good job breaking up, but yep. you know, to add to that, I, that's another thing I thought Riley Moss, was strong as well when I saw him and Tyrone Tracy, man, he went on that run. He just absolutely outran the secondary. Yeah. Like you could see the speed that we've been seeing that we've seen throughout, you know, his career at Iowa, but you know, to see it on display front and center was really, really cool to see. He had a good day and I don't think I'm under, you know, I don't think I'm overstating that. I mean, I was really, I mean, obviously people were excited about Tyrone, I thought Tyrone had a fantastic day. It wasn't even just that one, Sean, but that he ran like the long crossing route on over the sideline. Uh, I mean, sorry, excuse me, the post route. And he came down with a very athletic catch and somehow broke a tackle and got up field. I was incredibly impressed with that. Uh, but again, I think this is something that he, he's been, he's going to be my breakout player. I mean, I'm going to put him on an all big 10 team, not first team, but maybe a second team receiver. Like I really think his ceiling is as high as any receiver that's come through in the last several years under Kirk Ferentz. And like you said, I think Keegan showed me a lot in terms of he had some nice catches, made a couple guys miss. But I think the way you kind of can tell that Kirk and companies see just the potential in him, he got a lot of run with the ones. Now, granted, Nico Regani was out with a very minor injury. He hasn't gotten a lot of run this spring, according to Kirk Ferentz. But if, if Keegan Johnson is the fourth guy in already, I mean, I think that proves to you he's going to be playing this season or right now they are planning on playing him this season. But he's also playing a bit of gunner on special teams. He downed that punt, the one-yard line, did a really great job there. And, you know, again, Kirk, can, Kirk doesn't sugarcoat things. Like, if he name drops you, you're doing something right. And I think, you know, there's no coincidence that uh, it's no surprise that Keegan Johnson's name continues to come up. And I, I like what you said about Gavin Williams, because I know you and I watched Gavin a few times in high school and we were scouting him and he really just did not have that cutback sort of mentality. He was always going to he's always bigger, stronger, run through guys. And again, I thought it was a great read by Deuce Hogan to hand it off because it was a quarterback option. And 
I, I love the way Gavin, like you said, just cut back on that. That was a tremendous run by him. And I think that showed me a lot. He's going to get a lot of reps this season, but yeah, I'll tell you, man, I, I was very impressed with the linebacker play as well. I mean, Seth Benson had a very good string of plays uh, on a couple defensive series. I think he's going to play a big part. Justin Jacobs, I think increased his stock. I mean, there are plenty of noteworthy things, but also I'll say this to people too. And I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Sean, but I'm curious the sloppiest group in, in spring football, 90% of the time, is offensive line. And I don't think that was a surprise today, at least from what I saw. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. There was definitely, you know, some miscommunication, it felt like, and some rust of what we're used to with Iowa on the offensive line. But, you know, I thought there were some good moments too. Um, I felt like for every maybe, you know, one bad moment, there was probably another good moment. Or maybe over two bad moments, there was one good moment. You know, I just thought – and plus with like a new old line coach, I think there's going to be some, some adjustments there. I mean, I don't know how different policy goes about it than Barnett, but I think maybe that could have had something to do with it. Um, and yeah, it's like you said, Dave, it's, it's not like, you know, it's a big like developing thing. It, it happens every spring ball. So I think that's what you kind of come to expect once spring hits is that you're going to have that sloppy play on the offensive line. And, you know, especially with Iowa, with how talented their defense is, like that that front seven, all those guys, that, that defense secondary, they're no joke. They they are some big boys, some very good, strong athletic guys that have experience. I know, you know, there's questions on the defensive line, but, you know, those guys are <laughs> – those guys can bring it. And, you know, the linebacker course yeah. got guys come back, the secondary. So, yeah, I mean, there was definitely some, some what-the-heck moments on the offensive line today. Um, some missed blocks and miscommunication, but I they're think going overall, against some dogs. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's, that's kind of what you get to expect. Um, come spring ball. I, I wouldn't look into it too much. I mean, yeah. definitely you want to see that unit be so good all the time, but I think, you know, reality is that it's not, like, I think, especially I, come spring. I think on top of that too, Sean, is they're replacing two offensive tackles. Like they've been so steady at offensive tackle for the past several years that this is the first true kind of wide open battle at tackle that I remember. Cause remember they had Tristan Wirfs, Mark Kallenberger was sort of destined to be able to slide outside. They had Alaric Jackson hold down the fort for a while. I mean, combine that with a new coach. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, a lot and a lot of just shakiness, no matter how good Tyler Linderbaum is and no matter how good the communication is. Like I think Jack Plum has a very high ceiling, but I still think he's got to get that base, right? He's got to get technically more sound, but Again, that's what spring ball is for. Spring ball is never pretty. You heard Kirk Ferentz say that more than a few times. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, you look at the secondary, and I want to dive into this too a little bit. I liked what I saw of Xavier Williams. He's still kind of learning the system, still you know, cleaning up some things. But I saw enough out of him today where I do think he's going to be a part of that rotation. I do think he's going to be a contributor. But I will add this. I think Riley Moss has been one of the more unfairly criticized defensive backs and you know maybe the Kirk Ferentz era I think he's been a pretty pretty reliable defensive back for this team for the past few years and I know some people are saying you know is Xavier going to start over Riley Moss and to this point I'm going to say no I I really like what I saw out of out of Riley Moss I like what I've seen out Riley Moss he's had some big games and some big moments yeah he struggled against Purdue that one year when literally everybody did but yeah, so I mean that's kind of my two cents on. I think Xavier Williams 
Uh, I think he's going to play a significant part of this team. The more he learns the defensive system and going through the rest of spring and into summer workouts, like we've kind of said all along, Sean, this Iowa secondary is it's going to be legit this season. Yeah, it's very talented up and down the board. A lot of depth, you know, safety position. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like this goes, you know, a couple ways, but I feel like when we're talking about, when we're not talking about a position group that much, I think that's a positive in spring ball. Yeah. Would you, I mean, yeah, of course I would talk agree. about the standouts, but like, you know, I didn't even feel like I watched, maybe I didn't pay as close of attention as I should have to the linebackers in secondary today, but I felt like, you know, you kind of just know what you're going to expect when you get those guys. And they got done. That's exactly, I think that's an excellent yeah. point. I, I think, I think it can be a curse and a blessing, but like you said, I think when you talk about the Iowa fans know what they're going to get out of it. And I think that's probably the best reassurance they could have. Like, yeah, obviously there's a lot of strides to go, but again, we didn't even see this defense at full strength. I mean, like, like you said, I'm very excited to see Yahweh black when he gets part of that lineup. Cause he's up to almost 300 pounds. I think he has the potential to be kind of a force in the trenches. And if Van Valkenburg can hold down the edge, especially in the run stopping and John Wagoner can kind of develop, continue to develop into that pass rusher and that run stopper. I think you got like the potential of the defensive line. I, I think you have to, but it's just so much unknown. It's so much untapped stuff. So let's hit at least one or two more big topics before we kind of answer these questions, Sean. And again, I think there's so much to talk about, but I think we have to talk about the quarterback battle before we even look at the questions. I, I have a different perspective than I think most of the other media guys will say, media members, I should say, with Leah Van of the Gazette. I, let me get your take on it first, Sean. What did you kind of see out of today? Because, again, I, I'll, I'll say you go ahead and I'll, I'll get my thoughts. I thought Petrus was solid. I think, you know, a couple of throws he made <clears throat> were reminiscent of last year, but I also thought there were some good moments. I was really impressed with Alex Padilla on his feet. I thought he was really solid. I've always felt that, you know, he doesn't get a lot of talk. And I think that's, you know – I think that's for a reason because I think Deuce Hogan obviously has generated so much hype and Petrus, you know, all eyes have been on him. And, you know, a lot of people assume that Hogan's going to be the guy once if Petrus were to go down, God forbid. But I think he's a guy that you can come in and brings a different dynamic if you need to. I mean, yes, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to outrun people, but I think he has the best scrambling ability on the, uh, on of the scholarship quarterbacks. And I thought Deuce Hogan, I think, you know, he's not there yet. You could see it in some of the sets. There was some more basic kind of, you know, plays that they ran. He wasn't going against the first and second stringers while Petrus and uh, Padilla were. But I think you just see, you know, that moxie that he has. I, I love using that word moxie. I don't know why, but <laughs> I think that's just a good way of describing him. Like, I'm not even 100% sure what it means. Like, I, I understand what it means. It's just like, you know, you get a feeling or it's just like yeah. yep. you just see it. And he has that. And I, I don't know, maybe some of the throws, I thought some of the throws he made were strong. Some of them, you know, he didn't get to, you know, air it out as much. But I thought what he brought to the table was impressive for the most part. And, you know, I, I see why Petrus is the guy right now. And, you know, he has the leadership. He has the experience. And those guys just, I mean, Padilla, I think, is more advanced right now than Hogan in terms of, like, you know, what we saw in the field. But I think, you know, the upside of Hogan – it's a little bit higher, if not decently higher than Padilla. But 
I could see why Petrus would be the guy right now. I, I don't know what, like, obviously leadership and experience has something to do with it or has a lot to do with it. But I think you can't ignore the ability of Padilla and Hogan. I think those two guys are have a lot of upside. Well, Hogan more so, but I think Padilla can be a steady guy too if his name's called upon. So I think it, my thoughts are similar. I I really liked what I saw to Hogan today, just as far as his decision making goes, as far as his arm strength goes. Like you said, there were a couple of times where you could tell he really wanted to air it out, but he made the smart play instead of going for the highlight worthy play where he just tucked it and ran. And I thought, the, the, you know, for a, for a third stringer, quote unquote, third stringer in an open competition to be able to do that. Uh, I think that showed me a lot, at least. I think he made some smart throws or a couple drives, Sean, where he delivered back-to-back strikes, and then Gavin Williams ran in that 16-yard cutback mm-hmm. touchdown. But he hit Quavon Matthews, which we'll get to in a little bit. I thought Quavon Matthews had a tremendous day, and that was someone I wasn't you know, exactly expecting to have a big day. But I, I, was, I really liked what I saw to him. But I think the biggest thing you can say about Hogan is, like you said, there are a couple sets where I don't want to say he missed a read, you can tell he just wasn't as comfortable, but I think Hogan's pocket presence was fairly solid. And I'll say this to kind of go back to the O-line real quick, Sean, you could tell the drop-off between the first string O-line, the second string O-line, it was drastic. It wasn't, it wasn't little, it was drastic. So I think when that happened, Hogan was under pressure a whole lot. And I thought he did a nice job in navigating that pressure because again, I felt like he was under pressure a whole bunch. Alex Padilla impressed me as well, though. I really liked why. So I remember uh, Spencer Petras went out for about 10 minutes with a minor, I think they said it was a knee. He, he like tweaked it or just some minor discomfort because he did come back in. He did finish the practice off, obviously. But man, Padilla looked sharp. Decision-making, the crispness of his throws, his ability to go through progressions. He made some big-time plays, including a throw to Tyrone Tracy, including the 30-yard touchdown uh, to Sam Laporta. Petrus had a very up and down day. I thought Petrus started off very strong, really dropped off in the middle. He had that really bad interception to Kayvon Merriweather, which was kind of reminiscent of his interceptions last year, really struggled for a while. But then during that two minute drill, completed four straight passes before overthrowing an out route. But that's when Tyler Goodson had that 33 yard kind of burst. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. As far as ranking them on tier list, I right now, obviously, I do think that Spencer Petrus is going to be the starter come fall. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you, outside of the experience, if you take everything into account, again, what I saw just today, I'm not there every single day. I didn't see much difference. I really thought a lot of them were great in some areas that others weren't. And if you're going to put them on a level playing field, on a blind resume, take away the starting experience and everything else, I thought they were all pretty similar. I think you're going to be kind of pulling strings to sort of separate them. Yeah, I I agree with you. I You know, that's one of the more intriguing things. I mean, we didn't really get much of it with Nate Stanley, quarterback-wise, like competition-wise, um, you know, outside of, you know, his first year as going into being the starter. But, yeah, I just don't, like – 
my thing about the quarterback battle this year, if there is a quarterback battle, like obviously we've heard good things about Deuce Hogan, you know, his upside and potential, but it's like what – this might rub people the wrong way. <laughs> what – like what do the other guys do really good right now? That's worth that benching makes, Petrus. Yeah. No, that like – yeah, but like makes them stand out more than Petrus. Like I get – I get – like I understand what Kirk Ferentz is talking about when he says like leadership and – you know, experience, but it's like, do most people want to bench Petrus because they haven't seen, or because, you know, they want, they just want another quarterback in there. People are saying the same thing about Stanley. It's like, yeah. All right. Stanley is not playing well today. Let's put in Spencer Petrus. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's such a major change that I don't think people realize like how big of a deal it is to actually throw in a different quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it it really is. I don't know. I, I don't think I explained that. No, I, well. I I think you did. I mean, it's it's more so about the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, yeah, you know, P- and on top of this, too, you got to give Petrus credit. He played his best two games at the end of the season. I mean, he got better at the end of the day. I think that's what people ultimately wanted to see. Didn't they want to see him get better? He threw five touchdowns to zero interceptions in his last two games. Uh, obviously a couple of them I thought were close, but he hit a couple deep passes uh, against Wisconsin, against Illinois. Like he showed some good things. So entering this spring, while I do think, and I've said this repeatedly, I do think it's healthy. That there's a quarterback competition, quote unquote. Right now, I don't think you can bench Petrus unless Deuce Hogan or Alex Padilla or someone else just come out of nowhere. I mean, show, I, I don't think leadership would be a problem with any of the three guys though. I don't like, I think Petrus is respected for the work he's put in. And like you said, the experience, I don't think leadership would have any problem with Deuce Hogan. And I think we've kind of seen that throughout our time of covering him, even going back to high school. I think Alex Padilla is a a steady, you know, he's got a steady head. He's kind of wait. He's been patient. He's shown some good things. But I think right now, Petrus is the guy until someone else surpasses him. And that's basically what Kirk Ferentz said today. Uh, But I do like that he added, it's too early to tell. Like Spencer's our guy, but it's too early to tell if he's going to be starting in September. I think that's the right approach. I think that's a healthy approach. And I think we'll learn a lot more in two weeks from today than we did today, because that's the measurement between the midpoint of uh, spring practice and and the end of it. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. But I mean, talking about quarterbacks, like I I liked what we saw the wide receivers today too. Yeah. I was really, I was really impressed there. Tyrone Tracy like absolutely going up. I think he mossed like two guys or something. Mm-hmm. They had that long run. I think he was the offensive MVP, if you want to declare one, by far. I don't think there's really anyone close to him. His, his ability, he's going to make it easier on whoever is quarterback. I think, you know, he's had problems with drops in the past, but I think this wide receiver core is really going to – really is promising. And, you know, you mentioned Quavon Matthews as well. I don't know how big of a role he'll have this year but it was really good to see him develop, see one of those redshirt freshman guys really blossom. Desmond Hudson, I'm intrigued to see what he can do long-term. You know, I know the Iowa staff loves his size, loves his potential, but, you know, there's just some things he needs to work out. Keegan Johnson, I thought, looked pretty solid as well. Um, I think it was pretty notable for him to come in and get those first-team reps, you know, because, you know, they got got four receivers, four-star receivers, but – you know, they got to have like five or six. Honestly, I thought Arlen Bruce 
I know he didn't play against, you know, the first string or did he, I, I can't remember. I think he had a string. couple spare reps with them, but he was primarily getting work with PD and Hogan. Yeah. His shiftiness was good to see as well. I thought that was really, in, um, really promising to see that he's got, he's got, he can move, man. He's got potential. He's got a lot of speed. He can make people miss. He's pretty shifty. I thought Keegan Johnson, I was really surprised with how fast Keegan Johnson was. Yeah. I know he's always been fast yep. and, always talked about production, you know, his ball skills, but I thought his speed was really, really impressive. And I know that's one of the things that a lot of people were surprised about when he got to Iowa city initially. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, that's kind of the thing that, you know, when we watch highlights, I mean, I, I think 24 seven say wasn't that fast, but I think you can kind of tell even the speed difference between his highlights from high school to now, like he, I, I think Kirk Ferentz said best where he just said, look, the kid, the kid's laser focused. He's very serious. Like it's hard to make him smile a lot of the time because he's so focused. And I think that's what you want out of your freshman. I mean, he's not coming in, you know, happy go lucky smiling. Oh, I made it. I mean, this is a kid that's trying to grind it out to be a big part of this team. And I think we saw him kind of move around the field again. I think it's kind of tough with Nico Regani out to kind of speculate where he might fit in. But I mean, to me, Sean, he looked like the number four wide receiver. Uh, today behind Nico, Tyrone, and uh, Desmond Hudson. But I think, I think Keegan's knocking on the door of, you know, being the potential number three guy. I'm not saying he would line up at X as opposed to Desmond Hudson or anything like that. But man, like you said, I, I we talked about a little bit earlier. Keegan Johnson impressed me. He he really did. I think that he. I think he's just got a bright future uh, in this program. Without a doubt, without a doubt, he was he was very very good. Um, Excited to see how he kind of develops and, you know, keeps adding to that kind of new wave of Iowa wide receivers. You know, I think the offense, you know, we talk about Spencer Petrus a lot, but I feel like we don't talk about Tyler Goodson or, you know, the running backs, wide receivers. I thought Charlie Jones was also decent at end times today. Yeah. Um, but they, they have playmakers up and down offensively. I mean, I I know that they, they don't, they lose guys from last year, Brian Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, but, you know, they have a lot of guys that can make people miss and make big plays. I mean, Tyrone Tracy's touchdown was in the – or nearly touchdown was an example. Um, Tyler Goodson's touchdown run. You know, there are just a lot of guys that you can get going in the vertical game rather than, you know, side-to-side -side and short yardage stuff. Like, these are guys that can make plays and make things happen with their feet. And, you know, that's what people have been wanting for such a long time in the Iowa program is guys that can make those big-time plays and – you know, change the course of a game. So I think we, we can get into some questions here, Sean, before we kind of wrap this up. I know we talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked about Desmond Hudson. How do we feel about him? He seems like a really big guy who could be a good red zone target. How do we feel about him? I like him. Like you said, I think I think he's got some stuff to clean up. I think he can be a big-time red zone threat. But, again, I think you, you need to take a look at his journey. I mean, this is a kid that was quarantined three times last summer and he didn't even have COVID. It was because of contact tracing. And I think he got minorly injured at the start of fall camp. So, you know, I think it was kind of a series of unfortunate events, uh, but he's back. And again, I think he showed some nice things today. He had a few steps on a defensive back on a long ball. It was slightly overthrown. I believe Hogan threw it near the end of 11 on 11s, but you know, again, I, I think he'll have a role in the same. Is it going to be a prominent member of the wide receiver core? Yeah. Will he be one of the per most productive? No, but I do think that right now 
uh, next season from what I've seen. I think there will be some certain sets where he, he is going to be the prime target, and I think with good reason. Yeah, definitely. I, I think you summed it up well. Um, I, I feel no need to add any insult <laughs> to that. But, yeah, he's going to put it together. I mean, I think Brandon Smith, while he was raw, I think he was more of a finished product than Hudson was coming in. Yeah. But that was always the plan with Desmond, too, is, like, he was going to be kind of a raw guy. Like, he wasn't going to come in and compete right away. I was really, really surprised his freshman year when Kirk said that, yeah, he has a chance to maybe contribute to us this year. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was a eyebrow-raising moment. Yes, very, for sure. very, very. Uh, <clears throat> we had about three or four questions on Quavon Matthews. I don't know how closely you watched him. I got, I mean, obviously I was typing up some stuff while trying to watch him. Uh, route running, a lot better than I thought, Sean. I know he came from a high school that primarily ran the ball, but I, he looked a lot more crisp out there and confident out there than, than I originally expect him to be around this time. Had some nice catches from Hogan, from Padilla. Again, I don't know where he sits among the tier list of wide receivers, but you know he generated some nice buzz, and I, I think with good reason. Had a very nice handful of, of catches, some nice shiftiness, some good moves. Uh, but the route running to me was just was just very crisp. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear because Quavon was a guy in the 2020 – class 2020 class they you know wasn't really talked about that much obviously you know his high school coach um, was Marcus Pascal former Iowa defensive back you know comes from a pretty good program same program as Calvin Lockett who is no longer with the program but they they do good stuff down there and Quavon I mean that picture I think it was last fall of him the one-handed catch that he had I that always sticks out to me too I mean I hadn't heard much about him outside of that but I think what he brought today was really encouraging as well. And, you know, kind of gives, you know, more hope with this, with the younger guys in the room with, you know, the up, upside that they have. We talk about the Keegan Johnsons, talk about, you know, the Arlen Bruce's, but I mean, Quavon Matthews is a guy that's not going to make, you know, it's, it's not going to be a lock for the other guys to get the job because he is, he is what he is and he's a competitor. And, you know, he brought it today, he was solid. There's a lot to like about him and, you know, a lot of the guys down in the room. I, I was going to say, I mean, another guy I'll throw in the mix too. We haven't seen much of him just because he's been kind of dinged up. I think, I think Deontay Vines still has a good chance to contribute down the line. I'm not saying this season, but I like what his skill set is as well. Continuing on the list, tier list of quarterbacks, we kind of already went through it. I think, Sean, you put Spencer above uh, both of them. I think I kind of put them very more so even. But, I mean, obviously I give Spencer the edge because – of experience was who's controlling line of scrimmage individually and as a unit. I mean, I think you need to go with the defensive line, right, Sean? Mm-hmm. As a unit, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think Jack Plum had his hits and misses. Nick DeJong, I thought, got beat a couple of times. Luke Lachey got beat off the edge by by Wagner on that. That I wasn't a blitz, but he blew up the run play in the backfield for about four or five yard loss. It's so tough for me to kind of overanalyze the defensive line, though, just because of Yahweh Black's injury and a couple other guys. But, you know, as far as the offensive goes, I mean, Tyler Linderbaum was sharp, as you would expect. I think Kyler Schott was pretty decent. I I thought it was an okay day for more so the interior and the exterior of the offensive line just sort of struggled. But again, I think that's kind of just kind of what you expected. Yeah, I. I liked what I saw from the defensive line. I obviously talked about that earlier. I thought Zach Van Balkenberg was is what he was or was what he is. He he was solid. He had a couple of quote unquote sacks. I thought that was pretty cool to see walk on. 
de- defensive tackle Louis Steck do the same. Um, he's a guy that comes from around my neck of the woods, so it's always cool to see those 708 kids make some noise. I don't know what his role is going to be this year, but he definitely made some plays in the backfield that were really, really nice to see. I thought Lucas Van Ness was solid. He's not one of yep. the defensive linemen that we talk about a lot, but he was pretty active throughout. Um, trying to think who else. Noah Shannon definitely looks the part at defensive tackle. I will say that. John Wagner. Yeah, John Wagner I thought was good too, um, especially with that tackle for loss. And Joe Evans, I think, had one or two. I think he had a one or two quarterback hurries, which was good to see as well. You know, get him getting into the backfield is kind of that you know, as rusher, sack artist who, you know, hurts, hurts a lot of people with his speed. He is very, very twitchy. So it's always good to see him produce. And yeah, like, like we said before, though, the offensive line is going to get there. I'm not worried about that position right now. I know the tackle is kind of uncertainty there. I know, I think Jack Plum will be the go-to guy at left tackle with Cody Ince at right tackle. And there's guys behind him that can have an impact, but that's a position I'm not really worried about right now, honestly. I know, they didn't show a ton today, but I'm not too worried about it. So let's see here. Uh, somebody said Xavier Williams over Riley Moss, question mark. No, not this point in time. Again, I think I think Riley Moss gets way too much flack. I think he's been a pretty solid uh, – I think he's been a solid option uh, for them. Uh, why were so many players not dressed? Anyone in a boot, sling, crutches, or just minor injuries? Again, I think just minor injuries. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, I, I mean, just minor injuries – and as far as the in like why there's weren't so many people dressed out, I, it's just typical spring ball stuff. I mean, guys get dinged up if they don't think they can go, they're not going to risk further injury. Uh, so let me let me give you at least the full rundown, or at least who I saw did not participate today. Uh, defensive tackle Yahweh Black, defensive end Chris Reams, who I kind of really wanted to see because he's put on a solid forty pounds since he got on campus. Defensive tackle Logan Lee, Nico Regani, linebacker Zach Tweet, offense tackle David Davidkoff. Uh, wide receiver Deontay Vines, tight end Elijah Yelverton, cornerback Matt Hankins, uh, cornerback Terry Roberts, and linebacker Justice Sullivan. Those are the guys I did not see dressed out. There could be a few more here or there. Oh, Cody Ince, uh, if I didn't say him. Cody Ince did not practice as well. Again, nothing to be alarmed about. That's just sort of uh, expected. So a couple more questions here, Sean, before we kind of wrap this up. Uh, I know it's a small sample size, but you mentioned uh, talking to me. My top four wide receivers at this point are Tracy, Regani, Hudson, and Keegan. How far off the pace is uh, Arlen Bruce, and the, could they challenge for number one spots? I don't think Arlen can challenge for number one spot. Keegan, I think it depends on a lot of things. I don't want to put those expectations on an early enrollee freshman wide receiver. Do I think they will be down the line? Absolutely, but as far as 2021, no. I think they bring – Different things. I mean, we've talked, and I think countless times about what Keegan and Arlen bring the table. Uh, different players. I, I again, I was really impressed with Keegan Johnson. I think he's going to play a big part. I think he could potentially have double-digit catches this season with a touchdown or two, maybe sprinkled in there. Uh, but again, I think it's going to just totally depend on how healthy is everybody, what's the rotation actually look like. And I think Arlen Bruce can be, you know, again, this more of a cliche thing, but a Swiss army knife type of guy. I mean, I think you can line him up in a lot of places. And I think that he's dynamic with the football in his hands. And I think that in those early games, well, not early games, not the first two games, but maybe the games three and four, maybe you give him a chance or two uh, in space to see what he can kind of do against that level of competition. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the next question that we got on there? Uh, 
Petrus coming back. He by the way, he never Petrus never went to the locker room. He just went to the sideline and just somebody checked out his knee and they said he was all good. Again, it was minor discomfort. Uh, they pulled him to be safe. Nothing looked different as throwing motion. I mean, he he finished off the practice after sitting out for 10 minutes or so. So uh Sean, I'll give you a little bit of a rapid fire here. Is Nick DeJong playing well enough to move Cody Ince back inside? I don't know because we haven't seen Cody Ince outside. That's my two cents. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the interior, too, I think Justin Britt and Kyle Schacht are going to be able to handle that. But, I mean, you never know. We, Justin Britt was sh- not healthy, by the way, either. I don't know if I mentioned him. Right, right, right. So, we could see some shifting of the offensive line if it comes about. Uh, is Lucas Van Ness a threat to play this year? He is one of my favorites from that last class. Hmm. That's that's interesting because, I mean, I heard good things about Lucas in the offseason, you know, with how he's filled out. I think he still has a little bit to go, but the athleticism is definitely there. And, you know, I think he's really he's really filled out, too. You could see that. And there's good weight as well. So I think that's that's promising to hear. But I still think he maybe might be a year away from being a full on competitor. But I've been wrong before. That's just my guess right now. Uh, I agree with you on that. I think that he can, I think he'd be a rotational guy, but I don't think he's in, in contention to be, you know, like the fifth or sixth option or anything like that this year, as far as the totality of the defensive line. Uh, did Justin Jacobs help himself today? I, I'm sure. I think, yes, I didn't do, see anything of him that really stuck out to me as far as bad. I think he did a decent job in coverage. I think he had a handful of nice tackles. And I, I again, I, I think he was just, we kind of mentioned earlier, Sean, he was just solid. Yeah, he was. He definitely was. Yeah, <laughs> that's rapid fire. Uh, Xavier Williams, do anything special or do anything that stand out? He's a freak athletically. I'll say that. He's not as tall as I thought he was, but he is a very, very good athlete. I think he's one of the more, if not the most athletic cornerback in the room or just overall secondary. Uh, Riley Moss is probably the only thing I compare it to because Riley Moss, I don't think gets enough credit for how freak athletic he is too. That's fair. Yeah. As far as today's practice, who is your offensive MVP? I mean, I think mine's Tyrone Tracy. Yeah, mine's Tyrone. I think Tyler had a couple, again, maybe make an argument, but Tyrone I thought was explosive. Defensive MVP. That's a tougher Part, one. Honestly. Partly leaning, partly leaning Riley Moss just because of some of the plays he had. Yeah. But I think you could also say Zach Ben Valkenberg. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll throw Kayvon Merriweather in there just because he had the pick. Right. I think you can make an argument there, but I'd say any of those three guys. Uh, I'll go Riley Moss. I think, I think like I said, a couple of the pass breakups were good. Uh, newcomer standout on offense. I mean, Keegan Johnson. Yeah. But I, I mean, feel like we talked about, I feel like we talked about him a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to, that's the thing though. It's like, we, I don't want to sit here and overhype him. It's one practice. Like, that's what I'm saying. You got to take everything for surface value, what we're saying, because there's so much more stuff that's going to go on uh, and that we'll see in two weeks. But, I mean, I think you have to say Keegan. Yeah, I'd say so. Newcomer standout on defense. Doesn't have to be freshman. It could be a guy just rotating in. Justin Jacobs, I liked. I liked Louis Steck too, like I said. I was gonna say Louis Steck. I was I couldn't believe how many plays he made today. I was yeah. very, very surprised. Uh, you know, something else I really want to quickly bring up, Sean, about the defensive line is I thought at times that the defensive tackles kind of got lost in their blocks. I guess how many times do we see a quarterback see nothing but green right in front of him after the pocket, quote-unquote, collapsed? I mean, they just ran forward, and there was an easy seven, eight yards almost every time. 
mean, I think I saw that at least five or six different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could, I see where you're coming from. I, so, I, yeah, I wouldn't look too much into it though. No, again, it's spring. That's a hard part too. I, I think that about wraps up. I know we have some basketball questions, but I want to keep this a strictly football podcast. Uh, we'll be answering the the basketball stuff to our VIPs on our swarm board. Uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, get $1, uh, your first month for $1 VIP access to everything and everything, all Hawkeyes. Sean, any other final notes? I feel like I, I think we kind of hit on everything. Oh, you know, I will say, I thought Caleb Shudak fit the bill. I thought he did a great job at kicking mm-hmm. today. Me too. I, I agree with you there. He definitely is a boot, man. He kicked, he can, he made that field goal. I think it was like 45, 50 yards with like ease. He had the 51 yarder that went through. It looked like it would have went in from about 57. Yeah. He, he looked good. Uh, Tory Taylor was Tory Taylor. Uh, Charlie Jones working at returner. They didn't do anything kick return wise, which really wasn't surprising to me. I didn't think they really would. That's about all I got though, Sean. I think we, uh, I think we about hit on everything. Yeah, we did. I, I don't think we missed anything. Cool. So, again, HawkeyeInsider.com, David Eichel, Sean Bach. Sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBach247, at Hawkeyes on 24-7. Again, get your first month for $1 VIP access to everything and everything surrounding your Iowa Hawkeyes. Until then, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in a few days when we kind of reconvene. So, until then, thanks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.